Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Rich Check Podcast, episode 47. Yes. Woo! We had a special guest with us this evening. Uh, but before we get into that, allow us to introduce ourselves. My name is Perry. I'm Ben. And I'm Rashawn. And we make up the Rich Check Podcast. Tonight, we have the Margella God herself. Yes. <laughs> Kathleen. Mc- McGivney. McGivney. That's right. Say my name. Say it right. See? Say my name, say my name. <laughs> uh, glad you could make it. This has been some time in the making. It has been. It has. Um, we're going to have some fun this evening. Um, I know um, we'll have an opportunity to give our audience a, a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And and not only what you've been up to over the last year, uh, but what you've been up to in the watch industry in general. And I heard you got a surprise for us tonight. So I, do. I can't wait to talk about that. But before we get into that. And tonight's festivities, we have to have our honorary wrist check. Yes. Uh, the man who never repeats a watch. Is repeating the watch. Is repeating the watch again. <laughs> I am repeating the watch again. Um, One of my favorites, though. We need yes. to keep a tally. Someone needs to keep a tally on how many times you repeat the, a watch. Well, the funniest thing is this. If I repeat a watch, it's usually intentional. Yeah, you always say that. No, but except the t- time it wasn't. Except, <laughs> I think it was like one time. I think it was like one time it wasn't intentional because I was traveling. But um, this was very intentional, um, and I think it. You know, when I when I wear watches, you know, there's always a method to my madness, and I feel like I decided to wear the uh, Rolex Cellini uh, again on the show for um, our viewers and listeners because of our guests. Um, you know, Kathleen, I believe you have probably the greatest um, watch collecting group that, you know, we that we know of and can document or like, you know, anyone can attest to and say, like being a part of such an amazing club of um, Red Bar. Um, Rolex was the reason why I started collecting watches. Started from my father um, and I've shared it before, before I even knew what a Rolex was. Um, I knew it was something special, Hmm. some about it. Um, And just the idea of my father when, you know, when he came home and he put it down from working hard or when he picked it up to clock in at work, it was some about it that was just um, magical. What Cellini reference are you wearing? This is the um, the Danos. Okay. Um, So this is from the early 2000s. Two-tone precious metal. Um, you see his... his, his <laughs> That's my... Yeah. <laughs> Every time he says two-tone, two-tone precious, precious metal. metal. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if I can collect uh, all Rolex watches, right? <laughs> Here we go um, again. Here we go with this shit again. I was with Tyler last night, so this is going to get interesting. No, I would love to exclusively collect 
precious metal Rolexes. Got it. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. If I could. Okay. Um, you, got, you got some strap action happening. I've got some strap action. Oh, as a matter of fact, I haven't repeated this watch wearing the John Rousseau strap. Yes, you John. have. I don't know if he did. No, I think I he, he wore. He wore. No, I wore the black. The I wore original the, strap, which was too small. I wore the buffalo right. strap. And then and you wore, wore on that strap. No, I think I wore the black patent. I think I wore the black patent from. I don't know. This might be a first for the strap. I think so. Yes. But uh, custom John Rousseau strap. Shout out to them because. Um, they were very accommodating and like willing to work with me in the process. Um, pink lizard, pink lizard. When I, I first, it's good. When I, like I first got the strap, I'm not gonna lie. I think I might have sent it to you, and I was like, I don't know if I like this. That no, I'm not. No, but that was the thing. I sent it to Perry first because I, if you didn't like it, I was like, I was gonna be crushed. Jonathan, so you have to take back your custom strap. I was like, no way. And then you were like, no, this is hot. Yes. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna own the look. It doesn't even look pink. It looks burgundy. It looks like the yeah. strap that I got you for the Brightling. Yes. For the mm. Colt. Yes. But I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna rock out. It's a really good contrast. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, ben, what do you got on tonight? Uh, I'm rocking John John Special 2.0. So you never give it back? No. He didn't <laughs> give it back. What he doesn't know is that okay. I too went to Jean Rousseau and I had a strap made, but it's a prank. Okay. So I'll make him post it when I give it back to him. Nice. I can't wait I'm to see I'm going to leave that a surprise. It's going to be funny. What model is that? What reference? Uh, 5738R. 5738R. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's it's good. It's, I've only taken the watch off, and this is going to be a, a confession. Last episode I had on the Hamilton khaki, mm -hmm. I wore this all day and then put a khaki on for, for the episode. episode? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I don't want to take it off. Well, I, I, mean, I, don't, I wouldn't want to take that off either. It's, it's nice. hard to take off. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm repeating a watch. <laughs> uh, white gold day date. Still getting plenty of wrist time. Uh, this is the reference 18239. So it's got the quick set date feature. This is early 90s. Um, no reason to take it off. I'm enjoying it. It's nice. With, uh, I know what day it is. I know what the day is. So as long as I wear <laughs> you know it. all of the information. That's it. You need. Time. What else do you need? And it's solid gold. Solid white gold. Yes. Goes under the radar. Most people think it's steel. Yes. Slides under the wrist. It's fine. Well, if you know, you know that bracelet is not steel. If you know, you know. Thankfully, a lot of people don't know, so I get to walk around New York City safe and sound. There you go. Kathleen, what do you got on the wrist tonight? So I have on a Maurice Lacroix retrograde calendar. Ooh. Um, it is two-tone. It is not two-tone precious metal, though. I'm sorry. It's steel <laughs> and gold. So I am sorry. It is not all precious metal. But um, it is a... So Ben told me, like, you know, bring stuff that has a story. And I was like, all right, we're going to get weird. So okay, let's like, get uh, weird. So, you know, this is, a, this is a piece... Like, Maurice Lacroix does not have this in their uh, current repertoire at all. This I, I got this... I don't know, like eight or nine years ago, and it was already older in mm -hmm. that catalog. It's a complication that you don't see that much. It's a retrograde calendar, so when it hits the end of the month, it flies, it back, back, flies yeah. back. Um it's just a it's just a cool piece. It's Does it piece. account for leap years? Um that is a good question. I don't so know. So like no, February I think, doesn't I think that's just an annual calendar. No, I don't think it does. It's just okay. an annual, annual calendar. But no, it's not like a perpetual. It's not the, yeah. It, Got it. So it's not as complicated as that. It's also manual wind. It's like, Love you know, manual wind. Yeah, I mean, all but one 
of those. This is the second one we've had in the show now. Really? Framestar had, had the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, you're in good company. Interesting. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's just, it's a cool piece and it's just like, it, it, it kind of hangs out in my safe and then every once in a while I'll be like, ooh. I love how the emblem is like affixed to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the strap. That's kind of neat too. Yeah, it's a very cool piece and, and um, I think they, you know, they've kind of evolved their collection to, you know, be a, fairly sporty. Mm-hmm. They, so, um, so this is, you know, a dress piece and a complication and stuff and like, it's just kind of something that that I don't see a lot from them anymore. Right. And so I really kind of um, appreciate having it. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, Kathleen. Yes. Margella God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're well known throughout the industry. Um, well known in New York City. Uh, most people know you as the founder of uh, Red Bar mm-hmm. Group. And you guys have grown tremendously. Now there's, I think we could say there's chapters all over the world. Everywhere, ex- every continent except Antarctica. So we except just, Antarctica. And we just need the one guy at the science station. Like one dude. It's just so cold. Like seriously, if there's <laughs> anyone on here that is at his, the science watches station. won't work in Antarctica. In Antarctica. He's at Alaska Project. They I was about Alaska to say. Project. Like, why does he need one it's dude? It's that one dude with the Alaska yeah. Project. Like, like, I've been waiting. Yeah. So every, it's every, red bar colors too. Yeah. Got that red right? bezel. I know that's why that's why I got that that's why I picked out that moon swatch because mm. it's inspired by the by the last yeah project. same yeah. so um, all three of us got it yeah that was that was the whole reason I wanted that one in the first place but yeah we've expanded so when I so I'm not technically the founder because it's Adam Craniotis he was the founder founder shout out so, to Adam so, shout out to Adam um, we know how much he loves his Invictus he loves <laughs> everybody should send at Craniotis on Instagram, just as tag him in as many Invicta pictures gotcha. as you can. Just do it. Just tag him in Invicta pictures all the time, especially if Shaq is in them. Anyway, I, tagged, so- I tagged him and Shaq. Because oh, he God. loves it. I'm just saying. He does, <laughs> he does not he does not love it. But um <laughs> so he founded it like back in 2007. Right. Um I have known him for a very long time. Like we have been friends for 24 years, which oh, is wow. aging both of us. Um but um he's much older no uh, but he <laughs> so he founded it and it was like a really really small group of people for a long time mm-hmm. um instagram came out and what then, year was red bar founded 2007 okay and then you know whenever instagram came out just, instagram came out and like people started posting watches all the red bar meetups started post you know he he started posting watches established the red bar crew handle and then people started like as you know the adoption of Instagram, the watch community yep. was like, mm. All that, about it. I am into that because yeah. it's a visual medium. You can show pictures of your watches. Um, and so people started seeing Red Bar on Instagram and going, I want to do that in my city. Yeah. So it started growing really slowly at first. Mm. You know, there was like a lot of the forums were very active. People would meet each other on the forums, but it was still very informal. Where are you from originally? Upstate New York. Upstate New York. How, and so how did you get involved with uh, Red Bar? So because I've known Adam for ever, um, we worked together. That's that's how we met each other. We mm. worked together years and years ago. I stayed in touch with him over the years. Um, as I saw, saw, like we stayed in touch on social media as well as just like occasionally hanging out. And um, I saw all these photos. And it, that's his early days of Instagram. It was just a yeah. photo, bad, no captions. Bad iPhone, like bad. All the pictures were bad. Yeah. All the pictures were bad. Photos taken on the potato. Yeah. Because it's like, because you're like, 
in a dark bar in a basement. Yeah. With like pinpoint. Somebody's getting phone call. Somebody's getting <laughs> Somebody's, fired. Somebody's getting phone call. <laughs> um, Get off the show. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's always a first on this checkpoint. I mean, 47 I, episodes in, it's the first time a phone's run. It's yeah. not bad. Technically, <laughs> it's the second time, the first time you were here, though. Okay. Episode one. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't remember that? No. Good. But <laughs> <continue>. <laughs> okay. So I started, so like we had stayed in on touch on social media. We were on Instagram and I saw, I kept seeing these dark pictures. So dark bar, LED pinpoint lighting overhead. Yeah. Because that bar was made for people hooking up on weekends. It was not made for watch. Right. Us, right. Mm. So, um, so I was like seeing all these pictures and there's all these like tiny LED reflections and shit. Like it was terrible. Mm. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, come on out. I was like, I want to come check out these watches. He's like, come on out. And I'm yeah. like, I, I don't have like the crazy collection. You know, I had like a couple nice watches. I had like a tag and a Movado, like, you know, yeah. whatever. So you were already buying watches at that time. I, I had a few. Yeah, I started, I, I had a few. And then I also had a big Swatch collection. Oh, wow. So this was the deal. So my, my spouse at the time and I shared a Swatch collection. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you guys should come out. And I'm like, he's like, there's no snobs. It's cool. Like, you don't have to have like crazy nice watches. I was like, okay. So I tested that theory. And okay. I brought our whole Swatch collection. Wow. How many pieces are we talking? 30. Okay. Mm -hmm. At the time. At the time. Right. That's, yeah. At the yeah. time. Now, Keyword. Now, this is 2007. That, no, that was that was about 2013. So, this is 2013, Red Bar okay. had been around for six years at this time. Got it. But it was very inconsistent. And it had just started meeting weekly, like, not that long before. So, okay. Um, so, we showed up. 30 Swatches. 30 Swatches is a big deal still in threw 2013. Threw them on the table. And people were like taking off their Pateks and their Rolexes and, shit, and trying them on. And they yeah. were like all excited. People were like, I remember this one from when I was a kid. Like it was great. That's so they, awesome. it passed the no snobs test. And I was like, okay, so this is cool. So we came back yeah. and we kept coming back. And the thing that I loved about it and what sucked me in completely was the fact that I can walk in there with any watch mm -hmm. it, and I can go see that there's a watch on the table that I'm interested in. And I can pick it up and I can find out who it is, whose it is. And they will tell me about it because everyone in that room is in there because they love watches and yeah. they want to share their knowledge with you. Yeah. They want to tell you about why that watch is special to them. They want to tell you what like what's cool about it. They want to show you all the like bells and whistles and mm -hmm. all those stuff, you know. So I started learning stuff in an environment where like in a store, look, you go into a what even me. Mm -hmm. Like I walk into a watch boutique. If I don't know someone that works there, I'm like, oh, it's like, it's intimidating. It can be. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It can be intimidating. Yeah. So, and then if you go in there and you just want to, you're in there to learn or you're in there to get knowledge, you feel bad for wasting someone's time. And yeah. like, you know, so, so in this environment, it's just all people who are there to hang out and drink like bar is half the name. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And you know, all of the people that are in that room are in there to share their knowledge and passion. So you get to, learn in a learn about stuff or just talk about your own watches in a no pressure environment yeah and it is fantastic it's also very dangerous to your wallet sure yeah <laughs> a room full of enablers a room full of enablers it's Absolutely. like 100 percent should yes it should be called enablement bar because it's like <laughs> legit like, that's the whole thing too is you're like oh that's cool i'm gonna start like doing my research and whatever oh, yeah. and then if you're like oh i'm thinking about buying this Everybody in there is going to be like, yeah, you should do that. A room full of people that encourage you to blow your life savings on the watch. A hundred percent. You had a question? No. Well, one thing I wanted to share, um, and 
me and Ben, we were talking to uh, Josh Shanks. Shout out to Shanks. Um, something that you brought up that was very interesting, talking about just like the time in watches, talking about 2007, um, you know, there wasn't really um, a hub for um, watch collectors or new people learning about watches yeah. unless they went to the forums. Yeah. yeah. And then remember when we were talking about, when we were talking to Fram and we were mm -hmm. talking about, I remember dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, and all those kind of things in the intro to the internet and connecting people yeah. and the guests that we've had on the show that talked about how they've gotten to the spaces that they've gotten to through the internet. But the biggest point of, um, like when we were talking to Josh, he was like, hey, like, you know, I learned from the forums and then I was an early member to Red Bar. That's right. Yeah. And then to that, it brought him to kind of editing and then going into marketing mm. and those kind of things. So um, any kind of OG watch collector, nine times out of 10, and why I gave you your flowers in the beginning is like any OG collector, they pass through Red Bar. They do pass through, yeah, yeah. And, and that's true. I mean, I remember when Josh joined Red Bar, we were at a, we were at a, uh, I met him at a dinner that was organized by KickTok. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy, there's a, yeah, there's a guy on Instagram, his, his, his Instagram handle is KickTok, and he's a, uh, he's a, uh, like, OG watch Instagram guy, and he organized this collector dinner, and I went to it, and I uh, met Josh there, and he was like, oh, I'd love to come to Red Bar, and I was like, all right. <laughs> it was that easy I, well you know we, we we like all sat and it was like we were at one end of the table it was like james lambden and stuff from analog shit you know, yeah like, of course right so it's like all of us at the one corner like of the, uh, this table and we we're all like sitting there like putting our watches on the table and, like talking to each other and stuff and um that was i think yeah that was around 2014 when i met him so you know, I had started like helping organize it at that point. Like I started, I showed up and then Adam was like, well, to be fair to Adam, when we met and we're working together, I was the project manager at the company that we worked at, mm -hmm. right? And he was like, oh, you're really good at that. I am good at organizing shit. Yes. So he is great at people stuff. He's like, he can rattle off reference numbers all day long, but like, like, the minutia of organizing things is not like his favorite. Like he could do it, but he doesn't like, he doesn't yeah. love it. And I'm like, dude, give me a spreadsheet. I'm like, <laughs> here amazing. for it. So, <laughs> so we kind of started, you know, we started kind of dividing our responsibilities and doing that. And so Josh was like, I want to join. I'm like, all right, hey, you like, you're cool. You can watch me, on yeah. the table. Like, come on, come on over. Um, I think the, the, the cool thing about this whole period too, is just like, Going thinking back to like 2013, 2012, and utilizing Instagram the way that you guys did in those early days oh. to like get people out. I kind of like super interested in just like what these photos look like. Cause I remember that oh, time that too. Real bad. There was watch photography wasn't a thing yet. Nope. And on Instagram, if you were Instagramming, you were all about your filters, it was your hipstamatic. It was hipstamatic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's trying to get artsy with it and actually take like really terrible photos. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, it was, so the photo, like most of the photos that were on the Red Bar account, and you could you could go all the way back to they're the all there. beginning, and they're all there. Wow. And they're all that. grainy and old. That would make an amazing coffee table book. It would. Mm. I should, that's a bing, good bing. idea. That's a good idea. There you go. I might, I might do that. Um, yeah, no, it's right. Because people were taking pictures with their phones mostly and early, this is, you know, the, 
iPhones had been out for a long time, but they were not good at low light. No, no, not at all. That, no. At that point. So like the, we're in a dark bar again and everybody's, you know, it's, people are half in the bag. So they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, none of the photos turned out well. There were people that were like actually taking real photos with mm. their cameras and then they like have to plug it into their laptop and edit yeah. it and then get it onto their phone somehow to put it on Instagram. Like it was a whole process. So, wow. so back then it wasn't as easy as having these phones that have been now like, you know, the cameras are better and they do better in low light. Yeah. They can do all this. You can do a lot more stuff. So what, what was interesting about that is basically the forums, people like were on the forums and I remember that stuff. You go on the forums and you'd be like, I'm gonna load this page. It's got photos. And then you'd be like, I want to go make a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm come back and it's going to be half loaded because the photos are still loaded. Right. <laughs> but the, there was a community that grew out of that. Right. And then, but that was an online community. And then, and then Instagram kind of, you know, kind of, kind of kickstarted in, in that space. Yeah. And then people started being like, but I see you meeting in real life. So I want to take this back offline. Yeah. And that was the thing is there was not really anything at that time, 2007, 2013, even there was not really any, uh, community like real, like cohesive community. There were right. small groups here and there. There were some groups that had like entry requirements and like, you have to have a minimum collection of X oh, wow. dollars and stuff. Oh, I'm no. not going to name them. Yeah. But no, you should. Yeah. You got these. <laughs> I'm not as well, no, um, but, <laughs> but like there were, there were some things like that where, you know, and I, and, and I will say this on some level, I kind of understand because we, when we're getting, when we get like cold emailed from a stranger, right? we vet them. We were like, we like, we need to know your real name and like your background and like why you're into collecting and like what brought you to collecting? Not because we want them to give us something about their minimum. I don't care if you have a swatch or a Jorn. I'm trying to keep people safe. Yeah. I need to know who you really are. Yes. Like not just some Instagram handle or whatever. I need to know your actual identity and like what brought you there. I also don't want people to show to roll into Red Bar, and this has always been the case. We don't again, we, we there's no barrier to entry other than do you like watches? Yes. That is it. Yeah. However, I do not want some dude rolling up in there and being like, I got the biggest, goldest Rolex. Look yeah. at me. Because if you're in there for the ego stroke, you're yeah, not going to no, get it. There's always going to be someone in there that knows more about watches than you. Yep. You know, like whatever. And none of that matters because we're in it for the passion. So if you're yeah. in it for that, we you're going to self-select That was out. always one of my favorite uh, things about attending watch meets like Red Bar was that I always found that when you attended these events and you met with people who were passionate collectors, everyone would kind of fawn over the things that were like the most obscure. Mm -hmm. oh, like yeah. whatever was in the room that no one knew anything about, everyone wanted to know about. Yeah. It didn't matter what it cost. It didn't matter what it was made of. It was just like, what the hell is that? And who are you? Right. They're like, they're like, that's weird. I want to know more. Exactly. <laughs> right. And like that, that's the thing I love about those kind of, the, that's what drew me into them. That's what got me into it. And that's what made me want to help organize and, and grow it. Right. Because I just, re it resonated with me. And that yeah. like, it's the mentality that I've always been uh, familiar with collecting stuff. Right. I was a comic book collector when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. I was like, you know, like, so 
the same it's the same mentality you're passionate about a thing you collect the thing yeah and all you want to do is talk about the thing with so other what people. started with you personally like collecting watches did it start with swatch i yeah i okay. i like many people who grew up in the 80s uh had swatches okay lots of them um uh and you know i probably broke a bunch sure no. do you still okay. have any broken ones i do i have a couple that broke because the um especially the the ones from like the 80s 90s with that that have like any that that are not opaque plastic the ones mm -hmm. that have the, like sheer yeah. the clearer or sheerer um plastic those ones get brittle yeah. yeah so i have a couple they're like the 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 watch still works but yeah Rashawn, you got like two of them now don't the you straps, like that? the straps get real brittle yeah the first things yeah. to go yeah, i have i have a go. dentin view that i haven't even hasn't even seen the light of day because i can't wear it yeah so i have like one of my favorite ones which is one of the halloween ones um <laughs> like it just i picked it up one day and it just went this yeah. And I was like, oh. It evaporated. <laughs> Which is funny because that one has a mystery dial. Like, it's it, like literally the, the um, like one of the watches I brought today has um, the second hand is a ghost mm -hmm. that goes around the dial and yeah. floats around the yeah. dial. But I can't wear it because the strap is has completely just deteriorated. The cool thing with Swatch, though, too, it's like it's in some ways it's like the, the ultimate collectible mm -hmm. because they're so distinct that you can you can their watch is very easy to date yeah right yeah. and it's like you know when this one came out you know this collab it's like you don't really have to memorize reference numbers never no um you just you know the piece it has whatever significance to you personally or maybe something related to what was happening at the time yeah or and just cool. and you buy it yeah. and it's just something about it that's just really cool like even like we had kelly on it She's made a habit of getting a swatch from every city she visits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I love it for that reason. Yeah. So I had swatches when I was a kid. And then when I was like, you know, you do, I did the thing that everybody does. I got my first good job. Yeah. So I got myself first a tag good. Hoyer. There we go. You know. Um, <laughs> Which one? Do you remember? I don't. I, so it was. So it was. This was in the 90s. And it was one of those ones. You know, they, they like they did a really good job with. And I we can get into the topic of gendering watches in a little bit, but okay. let me just, because I have opinion with a capital O, but <laughs> in the nineties tag did a really good job of making ladies watches that weren't like the, the way that a lot of brands make ladies watches, which was not pink. Right. It was not, you know, it wasn't dumbed down. Yeah. Right. They just made smaller watches that yeah. were cool with like integrated bracelets and stuff. Um, I don't remember the name or the reference number because I don't speak reference numbers. Sure of the watch but i still have it yeah somewhere <laughs> it but um but it was cool it was a good you know it had an integrated bracelet it was mm -hmm. really really just a nice watch um and then i got like you know a movado museum piece yeah. classic classic yeah like the all black one yep i know yeah it's super sweet um and so i had a few nice what but they weren't you know both of those were quartz i just you know because i like i didn't really know better mm -hmm. at the time i was just like I have a good job. I'm yeah, there we go. I have a good job in an office. I'm going to buy this nice watch. And um and I really didn't get fully into like the depth of like mechanical stuff until I started going to Red Bar. Hmm. And then I went real real deep down the rabbit hole like real fast. Oh yeah. Like real you. fast. <laughs> it was not cute. I was like I'd be like, you know, spending all my free time yeah. looking stuff up and Ooh. doing research and stuff. It was it 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 was I, I got real obsessive in the beginning because that's the way I 
get into stuff. If I like something, you just dive in. I want to know everything about it. You gonna say something? Sorry, because I yeah, want because. I wanted to dive into your Swatch collection. Yes. And I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I wanted to kind of touch on the Swatch here. Yeah. And Perry's pick for Watch, watch of the, the Year. year. Perry's, Perry's pick. That should be. Uh, that's not going to be the name of that episode. That's not going to be the name of that episode. Perry's pick. We're going to use that title. I'll make a little sticker for that and like put that on posts and stuff on Instagram. Yeah. Like make a whole, make a whole uh, giffy thing for that. Perry's that face too when you yeah. do that a lot too <laughs> i think it's a good idea that's something yeah. that we can do with uh, our friends over at bezel yes yeah. well um the reason why i kind of wanted to jump the gun if if i am please do. and talk about the swatch um you know very similar to rolex it is a watch that like you can easily fall in love with and at this price point you can't collect um kind of diving back into um, the idea of how Red Bar was started and, you know, people putting watches on the table. I noticed that that's kind of a bit of like the Red Bar kind of like trademark. Like, you know, you just take your timepieces off and just you put them on the table and it's safe, you know, mm -hmm. and like no watches are going missing. Everybody like geeks out and everybody like loves your, the watches. Like, was that something that was um, originally like, initiated or was it something that was just created? It just it just sort of happened organically, right? So like you know the the core early group of folks that were that were meeting up, it was just a it was a, you know in New York especially it was a pretty small group. It was like friends of friends, and like it was very organic, and people just started doing that. Yeah. Um, and then the, so I will tell you there is a there is a term for that when they we take the big pile the picture of like all the watches on the table. It is called a sex pile, and the reason it is called it it is called a sex pile. I coined that. Ben like. I coined that term. <laughs> Tons. And I will tell you this because I walked into, the, I was standing there one time and everybody had put their watches on the table and this was pretty early on. It was like, I want to say it was like early 2014 maybe, but I, I'd have to go back and look at the origin of the hashtag. But we were standing in a red bar. I don't think I, you want to look up the origin of the hashtag sex pile. Trust me. <laughs> there, were there were articles written about it that were like derogatory. Um, I'm looking at you, Esquire. Um, they, there were people that were like, Oh yeah, if you see the term sex pile, it's just all these jerks showing off how rich they are because they have watches on a table. And I was like, that is not what it's about. And it's like 50 swatches. Yeah. But like what it was is we we were all there. It was the normal, like every every time we would meet up, everybody would, you know, the watches would already be on the table like this on a watch roll or whatever mm -hmm. separated. And then we would put them all together and take one picture. Yeah. And I looked over one day and we were doing that end of the night. And I was like, that is one big pile of sex that is a sex pile i said that to adam craniotis and he was like i eyes lit up. i'm putting that on as a hashtag <laughs> and that's be, that's the origin of that hashtag it was literally just me looking at that and i was like damn like basically because yeah. it was the name of the coffee table book right sex, sex pile, pile. Sex hashtag pile. sex pile. Hashtag sex pile. Well, Redbar gonna have to cut a, a <laughs> consultant check or something after that. Um, I am going to write a treatment and a sample chapter uh, tonight. Um, no, seriously, like the, No, we should forward but, by Perry Dash. We should, yeah, forward by Perry Dash. Great. Um, we should do that because it's there's this whole history of it. And now it's now it's gone. You know, like people do it at other chapters. Yep. It's like it's a whole thing, and the whole or the whole thing of that though it goes back to the sort of casual nature of our meetups like we're not we're not there to line things up all neatly or put them in vitrines we're there to like hang out and talk 
mm-hmm. about watches and yeah. share our passion and like you know but the the funny part is the first time we went we did this whole thing in 2015 we did a red bar tour we like me and um, adam craniotis and my ex-husband traveled to europe and we went to a few different chapters and we went to meet with the belgium watch club which is like kind of an affiliate mm-hmm. and they did a sex pub but they <laughs> They they but they lined all their watches up very neatly, and I was like, "This is the most organized sex pile I've ever seen. It's so neat. Like everything was like perpendicular." And I was like, "Okay, I just, that's different than what we usually do." And sure. they're like, they "Those just damn Europeans." They just didn't want to have the metal. You know, they didn't want any. They want any scratches. They yeah. want any scratches. And we're just like we like. I'm like, oh, we're in New York. We've already we're already like three drinks deep. Like, sure, yeah. like, you know, like <laughs> But yeah, that was the origin of it. And it was like, it's, but again, it's because it's casual and like people are just hanging out and yeah. talking. It's like, you know, it's just a chill thing. And so that, that became an extension of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Going back to Swatch. Yes. So in your collection here, you brought some watches for us. I did. And Rashawn did point out the, um, the Moon Swatch. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's, it's, this is, this is a pretty premium swatch. <laughs> it right? is. Retails for two sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not cheap. Mm-mm. We know that when they first dropped, it was impossible to get. Still Bedlam. Impossible. It was. People pe- were still lining up for this. People were lining up. Someone got stabbed. There's a video that I. The, my favorite video of all this is like the, you know, people t- trying to disperse the crowds, but there was like one outside of the swatch store. I think on, I think in the West Village or whatever. There was <laughs> there's like, typical New York cop. On a bullhorn. Yeah. Like, There's no more watches. Yeah. Like, nice. yeah. You know, like in the like full, you know, because because people were just they didn't just, get it. No, but it was because it's the hype. You know, like people no, were no. lining up because they were going to flip them. And then real watch collectors, I was like, I'm not. We're showing them was bought one. I was yeah. like, from, no, yeah, from like yeah, a 16 year old. I tried to buy one. Kid was like, yo, I need a rack. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yo, man, I got 600 bucks. He was like. I want a thousand. <laughs> I was like, how about I give you a wedgie? Yeah, okay. He was that young. He was that young. I was like, <laughs> I mean, future businessman. Yes. What was your initial response when so you first when, saw this? When I first saw them, I thought they were pretty cool. I mm-hmm. was like, that's an interesting thing to do. Like, I think, I think it's really interesting, especially to call back to like some interesting um, speedmasters. Yep. Especially this one. This is why I always wanted this one. The Mission to Mars yeah. is my favorite one because I've always loved the Alaska Project. There's like one dude that was like a, a fairly early uh, Red Bar New York member that had one every time he would bring it up. It's like, yeah, because it's just such a cool piece and it the is. story behind it is cool. So that one was my favorite, but like I, I really love them. I think that the, um, the release was both brilliant and despicable sure that's a great way of, of, right? of looking at it they did a really good job of, of of attaching themselves to kind of a hype machine kind mm-hmm. of you know of, of the internet and 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 that but that made the whole release chaotic it did and i think it didn't need to be that chaotic that said my buddy this is this so ben asked me to have watches with stories so i have stories sure so my buddy was like in the oculus like yeah. a, makes like four of us at the end of <laughs> at the end of sometime in December. And he texted me and was like, hey, I'm outside the swatch store. Do you think the moon swatches are are cool? Because yeah, this is one of my friends that's like, you know, you, like we all are the watch person in yeah. our broader yeah, exactly. social circles. Right? Of course. So he's like, do you think those are cool? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I want one. And he's like, 
oh, that's all you need to say. He's like, I'm going to go inside and see if they have any. So he goes in the store and he said, he said, if there's, if there is one, is there one you want? I said, mission to Mars. So he walks in the store. They had one left in the whole store and it was a mission to Mars. And he's like, I'm buying that for, I'm going to get it for you. Like, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I paid him back and whatever, but that was the only one in the store. And I was like, I am not only going to pay you back for that watch immediately and come pick it up from you, but I am also buying a lottery ticket. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. What? like yeah. the fact that like my friend is randomly in front of a swatch store yeah. walks in. The only one they have left at all is the mm. one that I want. Like that's, that's, awesome. that's pretty, that's pretty dope. What did you think of the strap? Um, I don't love it. It's uncomfortable. I think um, it's it's not terribly uncomfortable. It just doesn't sit on my wrist, right? So my yeah. wrist is small. Um, it just it, it kind of overhangs unless yeah. I pull it too tight. Uh, pull it tighter. So I see there's a there's somebody that's making aftermarket straps for them that look really great. But Horace, I think, yeah. was making something. I saw somebody sent me a link and I was like, those look really nice, but they're like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and Ricardo like, has one. Yeah. yeah, and then but they like cost almost as much as the watch. Yeah, sure. er- Erica's yeah. originals has a good strap, but yeah. I said I bought two of them and they ended up refunding me because they never sent them. Mm. So I don't know if I could pump that anymore. I have this thing with like collectibles that I have to keep it as is. Mm. And so I, I could never take the strap off of this. I My, have to wear I, mine is dirty as hell. Way. Yeah, I just have to like my moonswatch strap like is a, dirty. A weird thing with me. See, I think what I would do is get like the red aftermarket strap, wear it with that, and then put this back on when I'm yeah. like storing it. They should just make replacement straps for that. They should. You never know. Coming soon. Maybe. Who Next knows? Who knows? But I thought this was such a a, a really great release. Um, so much so that I I voted I nominated them for watch of the year. I love it. Just because I mean I can't think of another timepiece that had people go as crazy as this. I don't even think Rolex achieved that last no. year. No. This was insane. I've never seen anything like it. Every single person that I know that's in like, my, that's not part of my watch community, mm. like my other friends that know I'm into watches, um, which is kind of obvious at this point, but my other friends are like, they were, they'd be like, oh, what do you think about this? Because everyone has heard mm. about this. Right. Like everyone has heard about yeah. the hype and the, and the lines and all of that stuff. So, Going back to Red Bar yes. and sort of the start. So Adam founds Red Bar. Yep. You come along, help him get organized. Mm-hmm. At what point did you all realize, okay, A, we know people are interested everywhere. Like this is something that we're going to not only push, but we can like plant a flag and like open chapters. Yeah, so we already had some chapters by the time that I joined. What did that process look like? Um, like, what was it like to say like, okay, we're going to open a chapter? At the beginning, it wasn't a process. It okay, was sort of a Adam Cranios going, yeah, you can do that. And okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like you know, it's like some guy he knew in Chicago, or whatever. Sure. Like it was you know, so there were a few chapters around. It's like either people he had met through forums or whatever that were like, I want to. I want to do this. It was very grassroots and very chill. Um, I was like, oh, we have to wrangle this because we need to make sure that like 
there's not just someone going, I'm Red Bar, South Dakota or whatever. Right. And like, so, so we start, the reason the, that we started to put a formal process around it was just make sure that like, no one was misusing the name and yeah. like, you know, and, like, I don't want somebody throwing our logo on some product mm -hmm. that we didn't, you know, we have nothing to do with. So, um, so we developed, we kind of developed a process where, you know, there's a couple of ways that people can start chapters. One is if somebody knows, somebody who's an existing member or an existing chapter head mm. recommends someone, they're like, oh, my friend who is a Red Bar member just moved to Blah City and there's no chapter. Yeah. They'd like to start one. Cool. That's easy. It's already a vetted person. It's already yeah. a person who's a member. We get a lot of emails to the website that are like, there's no chapter where I live. We lived, I would love to start one. So we, we now, the, now the process is we have a Zoom conversation with them and like talk to them. Got Again, it. we're trying to get the right mentality. We're like, we don't want someone that's in there trying to sell people shit. Yeah. We don't want someone that's in there like trying to get like, I, I don't know, just, I, we just don't want people to do it for the wrong reasons. We want people to get in a room and be passionate collectors together and not try to be like, you know, like the ego stroke for having the fanciest watch or right. whatever. Um, so we have a conversation with them and, and, you know, almost everyone that we've ever had come through is like, oh yeah, I love watches. <laughs> just, I just literally want to sit in a room and talk to What's other people cool about too it. is that like, so you've had, you know, like even mentioning Josh Shanks. Yeah. There have been people who have passed through Red Bar that have, uh, gone on to develop careers within yeah. the industry. Yeah, Josh was in technology when he joined Red Bar, and now mm -hmm. he's in the industry, works for us. Yeah. So, um, and and he and his wife met through Red Bar. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, Oris Bear was at their wedding, not because Josh, <laughs> not because Josh works there now, case yeah. he wasn't at the time, but like that was a whole like there's a whole thing around that. There was a, Red Bar was involved in there, like helping them plan their wedding. Have uh, any watchmakers we know passed through Red Bar? I mean, there's a few that are like kind of members and stuff, but okay. yeah. I mean, the the biggest example of like watch brands of people that are Red Bar members is Brew, John Ferrer. John Ferrer, yeah, so you have a brew here. I have a brew. Um, he he started as a Red Bar member, so like his very first ever brew watch, he did a Kickstarter. And he he. He was a Red Bar member and just like was like, I'm doing a Kickstarter. And oh, like, that's I awesome. Just, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um, he decided to design his own watch and, and um, New York, Red Bar New York member and, uh, you know, kind of showed it to everybody. But like, that's that's one of the cool, I think one of the He's a good dude most too. interesting stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's funny is I, I had a, I've known of him for a while but, yeah. and I hadn't had the opportunity to meet him. And then me and Ben went to this other, this, no, it was a, uh, with a Phillips, Phillips event. And um, I'm looking at some of the watches and this guy comes up behind me. We just start talking about watches. And then um, I get, we get into conversation, like, what do you do? What do you do? And he's like, oh, I started like some little watch company. And then I'm like, what's the name of it? He's like, Brew. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been looking to meet you. <laughs> he's so funny because he's so, he's, we always adam and i always joke that he's like one of the nicest guys in the watch industry which is true um we think that he's so nice that he either is like he's just that nice or he has a dungeon in his basement sure. like bodies <laughs> in it or something but but like he's just a really lovely guy and he's super humble and like you know he's just like if you want to if there's anyone you want to see succeed at doing something like that it's someone like that he you just know? released a new watch today too he did yeah. just release a new watch today yeah um 
it is so cool. You've seen it in person already? Uh, yeah. I, no, I hadn't seen it in person already. I, he showed me the prototype, or he showed me some photos before, before it came out. We'll but. share an image on, on, on screen. Yeah. Um, so how did this piece come into you? I mean, obviously you have a relationship with him and the mm. brand, but what's the story behind this piece? And so this piece is, his, he, he came out, of course, he sh- so his whole design ethos came around from um, uh, industrial coffee machines. So mm. like the idea for the cases, case design and stuff was inspired by the shapes of those. Um, originally, like now it's it's more about, you know, take, the idea is taking a break and having a coffee. And yeah. like, you know, there's, there's a whole larger kind of idea around it. This piece, because there's so much coffee themed stuff involved in his watches <laughs> this piece is one where he decided so he had one he has another version of of this watch an earlier version that has an espresso timer so there's like a little track uh, there's a little thing on there to it's exactly how long you should That's pull awesome. an espresso shot no this one has four different methods of timing different coffee on the back so it's um pour over espresso and a couple of other methods it's a whole new reason so, to use a chronograph yeah, yeah. so there's a yeah so it's a chronograph that you can literally time four different ways of making coffee on one dial and i was like first of all of course you yeah. Like, if anyone was going to make this watch. He named his watch company Brew. I know. I know. <laughs> if, but if anyone was going to make a watch that has coffee timing for four different kinds of coffee, it has to be him. Sure. Um, and then secondly, this dial color Looks so is good. so amazing. And when he came out with it, he showed me this one. And then there's like a there's a dark blue version of it as well. But this this yellow, it's like so saturated and happy, and yeah, like it's, nice. it's just a really good color. So I love the idea that it had the, the timing on the dial, and then I was just like, I I just like looking at it. it makes me happy to. Look I at love it. like the K shape, and then like his yeah. use of lines on the dial. Like yeah. it's it, it's always a lot of the stuff is like really retro. Yeah, and it seems like like late '80s, early '90s kind of. Totally, like totally. Cool. The biggest thing too is like the play on actually purposing your watches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, currently, I think um, people kind of misuse watches. Um, what bothers me the most is someone using a watch as an investment or saying that is an investment, um, which, you know, of course, like the masses do create this. Um, but going back to like the purity of watches and why they exist and what they are for, they're tools. Yeah. Nothing else. They're not to be weapons. They're not sure. to be weaponized. They're not to be monopolized or capitalized on. Um, so I love this this like play on the essence of um, time. It was so cool too because you know if if you're someone who loves complications, I happen to love chronographs. You always kind of look for an excuse to use the complication. Totally. Yes. Right. And here's someone who is like giving you, in some ways, a whole new hobby. Yeah, you, know, you might be someone who enjoys coffee, but maybe you've never made a, a pour over. You you know you don't really know how to use. You know, uh, you're not a barista, yes, right? right? But then this is like this gives a person a whole new excuse to jump into another hobby yes. and spend the remaining of their life savings, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's really yeah. Cool. No, that I love that too. And and to touch on what you said, um, he he does have he does do well a couple of things that both of you said. Um, I love that he. I love that he incorporates that kind of like actual, like it's an actual tool watch for a specific purpose. Yes. Like it's chronograph. I use my chronographs to time like 
web meetings and sure. stuff. Like I'm at work and I'm like sitting there and I'm like, okay, y'all have five minutes. That's here. It. <laughs> and, um, but, but the other thing is the retro aspect of it. He came out with a version uh, of, of this watch, an earlier version of this watch that's like 8-bit. So like mm. all of the elements on the dial, including the little coffee mug are like 8-bit, like 8-bit video games. Mm. And like the, it is not only pandering to everyone who grew up with that kind of video game, but like people I know who don't wear watches saw that on my wrist and were like, mm. dude, I played video games like that when I was a kid and yeah. bought it. Like yeah. literally people who didn't wear a watch on their wrist. Mm. Like, so it's amazing how watches can do that. To yeah. some people. For some, it's like, you know, you might get into the history. You might be a passionate collector, but there are those pieces that kind of remind me of like my childhood, almost like what Swatch does for mm -hmm. someone where you yeah. see it and you're like, you know, I might not be like, a watch person per se but like that really resonates with me and i need that yeah and that and that's the thing is like you might not be into watches specifically but there's some element of it that yeah. resonates with you yeah so oh, sure. so i think that's i think that's what's very cool about this and plus john is just like he's super, a sweet guy he's a super yeah, he's, nice he's guy. Cool guy i say this i've said this about him on multiple podcasts so john if you're listening <laughs> i said you were nice again um, no, he'll hear it. We we, he, we were talking about being on the show. So what? Oh, you I'm should sure. have him on the show. He's, no, he's going to be fantastic. I think I think he would be a great guest because he because you know he he really thinks through these designs. We actually live in the same neighborhood. We discovered too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's like not that far from me at all. Go um, so I notice you have a zodiac. I do on the table. I do, and uh, this is a piece that I love and adore. And I, I wanted to ask you how you feel about vintage. I love vintage. So my collection in general is um, very eclectic. Yeah. So I have modern, I have vintage, I have a alarming amount of swatches and, and also semi less alarming amount of G-Shocks. So I have like a lot of plastic watches and then I have like vintage stuff. I have like independence, I have all kinds of stuff. Um, I like vintage a lot. You know, the, the, the only considerations that, that I really have is, if is, are they waterproof? Yes. So I'm not going to wear them in a rainstorm. Yeah. But, you know, like I, I love this one in, in particular because it's so funky. It's so weird. It is. It's great. And I love it. And the the reason I like this one specifically, though, is the mystery dial. Yeah. And um, I I have two mystery dial pieces, this one and a Le Couch, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which is double signed Vacheron. It's very cool. But. Ben, again, Ben had some requests. Okay. And he said mystery dial, so I picked one of them. I said, this, bring a mystery dial. He said, bring this a mystery is, dial. This is, this is the so she this brought is, the gold this one. This is one of my, uh, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the coolest one. This is one of my favorite watches. I love how the, I guess we'll call it the seconds dot, just kind of like runs. Yeah, it just, it just. It's it just, just like running its own race around the outer yeah. uh, minute track. It's so great. And and this is a thing I love about mystery dials in, in particular is because they're kind of fascinating to watch. Yeah. If Especially if they were running seconds. So my other one doesn't have a running seconds. So this one, this one's much more fascinating to this like, one actually was, watch this it run. This one's awesome. And what's, what's funny to me is Zodiac is a brand that I really, really love um, with an incredibly like rich history. Absolutely. And. What, but what's really cool with them is that, you know, for a brand of, of, for a brand with their history, they are in a position where they could be like, you know, a blanc pan or, you know, near Rolex adjacent if they wanted to take that, that route. But they still know how to have fun. 
They make really cool pieces. They make pieces that I think are still geared to people who want to experience a timepiece. Absolutely. And it's stuff that like that that um there's actually a, an article that just went up on our our blog mm. um yesterday, I think. Time I don't know what is time. Um, <laughs> but yesterday so my buddy my buddy is a actually uses his dive watches for diving. Yeah. And so Zodiac loaned us a um the titanium oh, uh, the yeah. titanium piece that they have that's that thing glows like it's Chernobyl. It's like mm-hmm. it's loomed just it anyway. glows in the daytime. It glows, yeah. in the day. it's it glows crazy. all of the time. Like I said it like I set it on my uh on my table in my living room and like the window is across the room and I like leave the room and I come in and I like stand over it, whatever there's a shadow and I'm like Jesus yeah. Christ. Anyway, so I lent <laughs> I lent it to my friend and he took it on a dive trip and took photos of it underwater and it's glowing like crazy, whatever. Yeah. And he this is a dude who owns a you know, Doxa sub carbon, he's got a Seiko patty, like he uses them when he dives, and he's in love with this zodiac. Yeah. Because it's it like it just gave him joy to use it, you know. Yeah, Zodiac's an easy brand to fall in love with. Yeah, yeah. I love. I bought the um, the uh, meteorite dial mm-hmm. piece. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah. the GMT. Mm, no, I think this is GMT. No, no, it was a dive watch. It was. It's a, just it was a dive watch. Yeah, yeah, it was a um, meteorite seawolf. Yeah, meteorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, yeah. I, I, I was like, I've always wanted a meteorite dial watch, and like the price point can't be beat. It's like under two grand. Like, yeah, no, for meteorite, like, like okay, just sure. Some moon rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I like stuff from space. What are you gonna do? So like, how, how, how did this piece get into your collection? The What's zodiac, the, the zodiac piece. I, um, weirdly enough, I bought it from. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like looking around for. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> You're fat. <laughs> you know, from- <laughs> I bought it from an unnamed source. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I was looking around for one and it was a good example. It is. It was in a really good, it was really good condition. Um, it's perfect. And so I picked it up. It's always funny too, getting a watch like that. Like anytime you get a watch that's like, drives you to like experience it. it's really difficult to take it off your wrist yeah as is with like a new watch in general like how long was that thing like the go-to watch um it i wore it solidly for like two weeks yeah. like straight and i i have a pretty sizable collection so you try to rotate as much i as try you can. to rotate but like that and i'm i'm trying i'm like making an effort right now to like not yeah you're doing a different watch a day this month a different watch every okay. day this month um I, that's not gonna last because I, <laughs> I don't have 365 watches. Yeah. So like, yeah. But, but um, no, that one that one was on my wrist solidly for like two weeks mm. when I first got it. It's fire. Yeah, it's really great, and I love that it's like gold, and the case is just chunky, and yeah, just, you know, it's yeah, just it's, like, uh, hi, I'm obnoxious with yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh, look at the look at the second, look at the second time, yeah, yeah. and then you're just mesmerized by it. It's like it's a fire. fidget spinner of. Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of way of looking at it. <laughs> What's up with this weird titanium one? I asked okay, this one. This is the one that got my attention. Yeah. What is this? I've never seen that before. So, I've never seen you wear it either. I have worn it around Not around you. me. Yeah, Nuh-uh. I have. Name of time. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a watch made by a guy named Ian Schoen. So he is mostly known for making pens. So oh, he wow. has, and I'll, I'll send you guys all the okay. details of all this. We're sure I was going to buy 10 of them. Don't do that. What's up with the case? So the case is what Ian calls crystallized titanium. Wow. So this is, he uses a proprietary process. 
Um, it looks like it's hammered, like a, you know, like a hammered surface, but feel it, it's smooth. Um, it's crazy. So the process that he uses um, to to make that effect on the case actually strengthens the titanium. So it's already so it's, so it it actually makes, it like forges it, kind of like a Damascus, kind of, kind of, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he again, it's probably pr- pr- proprietary. He's like, he's like, this is crazy. This dude is like, and I look at the seconds on it. I yeah, know that. Okay, it. so the seconds. So I'm gonna get to that in a second. This dude is like a no mad scientist in the best possible way. Like mm-hmm. he's he's also like real real upbeat. Like he's like a little like bouncy punk rock happy dude mm-hmm. who's like, I need to figure out a way to reverse engineer the titanium on a airplane outer you know like, like something like on that a thing. on a thing yeah. he's like that looks cool and i those people won't tell me how they made it so i'm, I'm gonna figure it out figure it out it was like an engineer area 51 or something like, yeah. was off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but this dude, so he just decided he was like he saw he saw this on i don't i think it, i i can't remember if it was an aircraft or something he, he but he reverse engineered how to make this, this from a blackbird yeah from you so see, but you can see exactly what you're talking about like how it yeah. looks hammered yeah it looks hammered, I, can see it from, I can see it from yeah. what's the, 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 the dial so the dial is um is anodized titanium so the one of the things about titanium and niobium which is a slightly which is not really used in watches but both of those metals can be anodized to any color so mm-hmm. by the application of uh, electromagnetic Electroplating, yeah, Electro- yeah, basically, yeah, electroplating. So, um, so it's a, it's also the crystallized titanium, but he's anodized it to be a certain color. So mm. he made like a handful of these, and I was like, in this, this was a pandemic purchase actually. Um, I had seen them. Um, he came up for he was on a panel that we did at the 2019 Red Rock Global Meetup here in New York, which was like all independent. So it was like yeah. Joshua Shapiro and John from Brew and Roland Murphy from RGM and Ian. And um, that's on our YouTube channel if you want to watch it. It's okay. great. It's like, it's just like, you know, ind- independent like people that figured out how to make their own shit. It's wow. the, it's awesome. So he, um, he had brought that up and I saw it and I was like, cool. And then, you know, sit, like many of us, I engaged in some retail therapy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> While Watch I was locked in my that. home. Yeah, well. And I messaged him and I had him do this other project. I had him do a custom pen project for me um, as well. And uh, I was like, dog, I think I got to buy that. And he's like, okay. So, <laughs> so he made he made that watch specifically that watch. for you? No, no, that watch was already made. He okay. just hadn't sold it. And he was, he was, it was like one of those ones that's like super special to him. Sure. He probably wanted to sell it to friends. This is crazy. So the movement in that, the movements he uses in his watches are uh, new old stock Doxa movements. He says it's Doxa calendar ca- caliber 100, mm. which I can't find a whole ton of information mm-hmm. on. It's similar to the Cal 103, but the like gears are in a reversed. Different, yeah, they're reversed. Yeah. So, um, and which is based off of Etta. Yeah. So Etta made those movements for Doxa for dress watches mm-hmm. sometime in the 50s or 60s and then yes. doxa flipped the gears and said it's in-house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, hiked the prices up. so anyway so he found a, he found some of these movements and then he he made some titanium watches mm-hmm. with them so the ones that he currently has on his site are they, they don't are they have all one of ones not all of that i know i think he actually this is a small run they might be yeah. they might be this is a one of one were they expensive sorry i'll cut you off no, it's okay um i 
yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly don't remember what the price was, but yeah. it was not inexpensive. Was it, it was over five? Price. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay, so around five thousand. Okay, I think. So for for a one of a kind watch, for though, one of a kind watch, that's, that's yes. pretty but good. Like this, oh, for sure. But the thing is, the th- cool thing about this is the the thing, the seconds you can see. Yeah, exactly. There's a little yeah. cutout. There's a little cutout in the dial, and so the the running seconds like kind of goes past it. Yeah. And so it's so it's a very cool expression of a running seconds hand. Mm-hmm. Um. So I love everything about this watch. I really like. Again, this comes back to the people for me. Sometimes, mm. like uh, I, I buy, a, I've bought a number of rewatches, not just because they're cool, but because John is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. this watch is made by a person who I really like, who I think is a great person. He's like figuring out how to machine his own pen nibs and stuff mm-hmm. now. So, like, if you're into pens, maybe, maybe this don't. Man, I love yeah, pens. I collect pens. Maybe okay. So. Um, I'm sorry to your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> when you go, when you go look at his site, he makes awesome stuff, and he's like manufacturing a lot of it in, in, in his own like workshop and stuff. Um, but I just love this piece. Yeah. I just love it. That's fire. Yeah. I was gonna ask you a question. Yeah, of as course. Far as because um, we we've been talking as of late about design language and how less is becoming more. Um, obviously this was a pandemic purchase. So this is kind of a bit when watches are kind of on this upward trajectory, but not so many people are exposed to them. Or let's say like watch designers aren't really kind of biting off each other, let's just say. Um, What's your play on um, design language? Like, cause even the pieces here, like less is more for you. What 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 is it about a specific timepiece that you like? I gotta have it. That's interesting because it's yes, with the ones I chose to bring today, none of these are alike. None of them are alike, and and most of them are less is more. Although I would argue that that uh, that the uh, the zodiac is a little extra. I mean, no, there's I'm no dial. Very, it's, very, it's very minimal. I mean, the, yeah, it's yeah. extra maybe in the case. The case, yeah, right. the, case yes, is, yes. the case is when like, you look hello. At the dial, everything is toned. That's yeah. true. That's yes, true. That's true. Yeah. This piece, though, that I have on my wrist, the Maurice Lacroix, which I have not passed around to you guys yet. Um, that is. That yeah, is, this uh, has a lot going on. That has it. a lot going oh, on. For sure. So it it really honestly varies. Like I, like I said, my my collection is very eclectic. It's it's all over the map. Yeah. And it's just if I it's just it. Honestly, in some some cases it's the movement. In some cases it's the finishing. Um, sometimes it's the simplicity. I definitely do love a clean sort mm. of aesthetic. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, damn, that one is good. You yeah, know, have, yeah. like because I have okay. So for going back to swatch, I have one of the uh, swatch Trésor Magique, and I don't know if you've seen those. It was, it was like a limited edition of 12,999 pieces. Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Made in 1993. It was like a, it was a platinum swatch. It is a oh, platinum I've, I've swatch. Seen this. That dial is absolutely illegible. You cannot, like, unless you're like studying it. Yeah. You can't tell the time on that motherfucker. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's. It is not a practical watch in any way. Still a platinum swatch. But it's a platinum That's swatch. That's a flex. <laughs> it's a platinum swatch. It's a platinum swatch. So like, I mean, like, so Talk I was like. precious metal. I was like, that is crazy. I'm going to buy is. that. Right? So so sometimes it's just like, sometimes it's just like that. Sometimes it's something that I'm like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. Or whatever. So 
and and my collection is like, there's a lot of weird stuff in it yeah right so the even though the ian schoen watch is like it's very kind of minimalist in its in its design language and its design aesthetic it's also real weird yeah like there's no other crystal and titanium no way cases out there no, no. yeah so like part of the appeal of that to me is that it's unique yes not just a piece unique but it's a, it's really unique yes. you know yes yes so that's that's kind of why i love that piece it's, it's how do you get how do you get your hands on a platinum swatch um there was a site which is sadly gone now that was that specialized in new old stock swatch mm. called squiggly okay <laughs> it was based in the netherlands and they had everything it was delightful and it was not only did they have everything, but they had everything still on the site. So if, even if it was, they didn't have any available, you could still you could see. Research. Yeah. Mm. So it had every like you could look it up by year. Yeah, you could use it like an archive. Yeah. Yeah. I use it. I did use it like an archive. Um, and I one night and I will tell you this. I saw it. Um, Josh, it's, Josh Shanks going to come up a lot. Apparently, Josh was uh, ha- posted one in his Instagram story um, and it was someone else's watch, but he, he posted it in his Instagram story and I was at dinner and I was like, kind of want one of those. Looked on Squiggly, they had one. Mm. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna wait until I get home from dinner and see if I still want this and if it's still After there. a couple of drinks? After a couple of drinks. I don't yeah. know, I didn't get uh-huh. liquid courage. Yeah. And, uh, and I got home and I went on there and it was still there and it was like below what its original retail price would have been, which was, somehow impossible i thought because platinum yeah. has gone up in value since yeah. 1993 yeah. so and so i bought it wow and it came with the whole thing it's like all bo- the the case that it came in the box it came in is like this big giant thing it comes mm-hmm. with extra straps that weighs a ton so it, it looks an, like a coffee table book it was an article in your watch too right Wasn't yeah um logan did something about it in on Hodinkee yes a while back he borrowed mine for yeah the, for the shoot yeah I remember that um this is this is actually really really interesting yeah um there's a lot of you know going back to design language there's a lot happening there's a lot. but it's really cool there's like some some art deco vibes there's like I love how on the um on the date indicator the numbers start kind of spread out and then just like get mashed up mm-hmm. as like he goes to the top that's kind of funky um you made a comment earlier about your thoughts with regard to gender and watches. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know this is something that is actually being talked about quite a bit in terms of how people view timepieces. We just sat down last week with a friend of ours, Elias, who uh, collects small watches. Some people would describe him as a collector of ladies' watches. Um, there is a trend now where it seems like more women are starting to collect bigger watches and men are starting to go smaller again. What do you think about all of this conversation? What do you, what's, what's, what's your thoughts? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this. One is that I think that watches are inherently genderless objects. Yeah. That, that, those don't have a gender. They're just pieces. Of, they're just literally mechanical pieces mm-hmm. of art in some cases, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, they just tell time they're tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I think it's a little archaic to have watches that are gendered in that way. Like mm-hmm. I, I totally understand the size and set. Like you know, 
people wanting certain size of watch or people wanting jewelry on their watch or whatever. But I don't think that has anything to do with gender. Yeah. I mean, you look at someone that's wearing a blinged out watch and they like, you know, there's a lot of dudes that do that. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't see the point kind mm-hmm. of in gendering them at all. Um, I definitely, again, understand jewelry watches, but why are they called ladies watches? Why yeah. are they not just jewelry watches? Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I just don't see the point yeah. at this, in this day and age. And I will say this too, lots of people shop outside of their assigned gender category. So, yeah. so if you look at um, statistics, right? Gen Z um, has like, Three hundred twenty-three billion dollars in buying mm-hmm. power. This is oh, these are old numbers. It's like end of twenty nineteen. Fifty-six um, percent of them, and again, this is twenty nineteen numbers, so this is probably grown, larger. Fifty-six percent yeah. of them shop outside of their assigned gender category, mm-hmm. whether that's unisex clothing or shoes, any of that stuff. Yeah. So think about that buying power. That's one hundred eighty-one billion dollars mm-hmm. in total buying power. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge, and that number has certainly grown since twenty nineteen with a lot of conversations about gender and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. People are like, I like those pants. I'm just going to buy those pants. And so why would it be any different with with watches? So I think if we're going to talk to the next generation of watch collectors um, and you're going to capture their attention and you want them to want to watch, you cannot market to them in the way that you market to their grandparents. I'm glad that you that word to market because of what it suggests and what it seems to me is, um, and I think... Red Bar is proof of this. Um, you know, what we what we've been seeing happen in, you know, watch community at large is proof of this. But like the people get it. Collectors get it. Collectors get it. It's the industry that is a little bit late to catch up. And we were talking about, you know, when uh, when Paddock dropped the novelties. The seven nine six the eight, aquanaut. and it was just I like, like and they were like, that. all right, ladies paddock, ladies aquanaut, and it's like, yo, I would totally. It's a big ass watch. So you mean? <laughs> it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than the. Right? It's bigger than the fifty one sixty seven. But then also there was a there's a gentleman who's a friend of yours who got that new Nautilus. The the uh, oh Maxime. Yes, Maxime cop the rose gold nautilus with the, the 7118 yeah and it has like the, the it has the gem set bezel and he he wears a 36 millimeter watch all the time and when he got that he was stupid hype he like I, I sized it for him and he was like i'm wearing this every single day it's what? amazing but that's the thing it's like i just I, I just see there's to me it's a mar- it's a marketing problem yeah right because there, and there's there's a whole bunch of arguments that i have heard people in the watch industry make to me about you know um you know, a watch is really the only jewelry that a man can wear outside of his wedding ring and say, and like, but women have all these other ways to express themselves and blah, blah, blah. I think that's all a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, we should not be marketing in ways that the market research said that people wanted to be marketed to in the yeah. 80s or yeah. the 70s. We should be marketing to them in the way that, like, if, I mean, if the industry is gonna look at it this way, right? Yeah. Should be marketing to people the way that they like to buy. Mm-hmm in general yeah. like do the look look at the research for consumer spending in general mm-hmm. and the way that people want to buy shit people don't care what label you put on it they just want to buy what they like mm-hmm. so why are we labeling it in this way that like appeals to our grandparents yeah you know like it just doesn't make sense to me and the and you're right the collectors get it the community is out there like there's women wearing all kinds of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. there's, you know, yeah. there's everybody that's not in the ads are wearing all kinds of shit. Yep. 
And so like yeah. the, the, I think the industry just needs to, you know, catch up with that um, and catch up with the reality of the situation in that the customer base that they have is going to change and is changing and has changed yes. and is continuing to evolve. And if you want to capture the people that are coming up, you have to talk to them. I couldn't agree with you more. Like representation matters. Mm -hmm. And as we know, we all know this, like, but you, you can't just, just, and getting into back into the gender thing, you can't just be like, you just can't ignore a whole ass gender. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, just be it's like, crazy. just be like, you know, you just can't just be like, okay, we're just not going to talk about it's, it. It's funny you say that because the marketing really does make people think that way. It's like, this is only for one type of person. Yeah. Because exactly. I remember last yeah. sorry, I remember last summer I was having a conversation with a woman who like fell in love with a GMT, mm. with a Rolex GMT. And she was like, Why don't they make this smaller for women? I was like, Why would they? Yeah. And she was like, So women can wear it. And I'm like, But you can wear it. You're wearing right. it. Yeah. You are wearing it. And you like this one. And she was right. like, Yeah. And I'm like, so get that one. Why? She's like, But I want it smaller. And I'm like, <laughs> You probably wouldn't even like it if it was no. smaller. If you like the right. one you're wearing. Right. And that's the thing, it's like every watch in my collection. Every single one, except for one, which is from 1940, was marketed to men. Mm -hmm. Like these, I mean, like actually, fears deliberately the, the the other watch we haven't talked about that's over there on the uh, watch well, roll. Good time to talk about fears, it. <laughs> yeah. They deliberately don't market to genders at all. Yeah, they like, don't. Yeah, Nick and I have had a conversation about this. Like it's deliberate on their part. Um, he just makes watches. Mm -hmm. um, he does not do gender-based marketing at all. Um, most of these though were like sold as men's watches this one was too this is a big old watch this is not a small watch the one i have on yeah um i don't buy watches based on how they're marketed to me i buy them based on what if i you like. like it it's as simple is as this that. all that's literally and it the feels like one. you know a lot of these brands are because they're still kind of stuck in their ways they're missing out on opportunities mm -hmm. you know um in the sense of you know, certain brands have uh, insane demand right now, and they're just hard to get as is. Um, and so you would you would think, in addition to these brands being, you know, highly sought after, difficult to get, that at some point they've got to realize it's going to wane, right? Because you have a whole new demographic coming in. What are you doing to prepare the next group that's coming in in terms mm -hmm. of collectors? Because if they so already don't have access to your product, right? You're you're not t talking to them. They're going to find something else to buy. Exactly, and this is that's also the thing that you know comes comes into play when you this get something, fire. right? It's the same case shape as Rashawn Chilino's. It is yeah. that cushion case. Method to the madness. It is. It's, it's a great. It's a beautiful case shape. <laughs> but like that's that's the thing is like people come in. So so like, you know the the kind of you know traditional cliche, right? Some dude turns 30 or 40 or whatever and they get themselves a sub yeah right. that's the cliche that's a new york cliche his face tells My it all it's, it's, yeah, it's a new york cliche you'd be like sitting in some like midtown steakhouse bar and you're like oh, you, you, you heard that first word oh. midtown yeah yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> but you know like you look over and you're it like oh you got promoted you know yeah. like you know yes, right yes, yes, but yes. like there's a there was a cliche of that right and now those dudes can't do that. So the people that are coming into the market that are like, you know, they get their their good their first good job or they or they get their promotion or they're getting their wedding watch or whatever they're doing, the like milestone watch. And they come in and they're like, I wanna walk into a Rolex, it's, it says Rolex right there. Sure. I'll walk in there and they're like, I got a bucket of cash with me. 
Yeah. But it's not safe in New York. But still, yeah. <laughs> I got a backpack full of cash. And they walk in and they're like, I got a backpack full of cash. I just turned 40. I'm having a midlife crisis. I need a Rolex or yes. whatever their deal is. Yes. And they're like, nah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So this is going to this is not only are we seeing the fact that you're not talking to the younger generation, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the women, you're not talking, to, you're really kind of not talking to, to anyone except for like old white guys mm-hmm. in the marketing. You're also alienating people who are the traditional buyer, like the, the people who are like coming up the corporate ladder or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they can't get access to it. So it's either going to drive them to be like, well, I'm going to buy a sports car instead, or they're going to go outside of those traditional brands and they're going to buy something else. They're going to buy something that they can get their hands on. Absolutely. Very similar to a jeweler that we know. Um, I think they've been very, with with the right leadership, have been able to um, kind of create that culture that you're talking about. And um, I know myself when I'm consulting, these are the kind of things that I'm talking to new watch collectors about it's like hey you know do you want to you want to go somewhere where you can walk into a boutique and you're not talking to like some old fartsy dude about watches you're actually talking to someone that's actually very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. but also shares the same passion and has outside interests and cares about things just as much as you do outside of just giving your credit card yeah right um it's 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 funny to see that like we get it but then there's so many people that don't. We're like just fighting up this hill to be heard. There's, and I, I, to your point, I, and what you're saying, I think that you know there's a day of reckoning that's coming that they haven't even think, seen yet. They I think, think that's that right. They saw it with the secondary market, uh, you know, bottoming out as, yeah. as, as is done. But what happens, you know, if you know if you're buying these brands and you love them, that's great. They're fantastic brands. Yes. Right. But if you're buying it with the intent of saying, like, I'm investing and I'm stashing, what happens when the next generation comes up and like, well, I don't want what you have? Yeah. Right. That's what happened in the course. Because crisis. that. Exactly. Yeah. So what happens when all of these 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 people who are, you know, kids now. They get their promotions when they start saying, I right. want a timepiece, I want to start collecting and you haven't been talking to them for the last 20, or 30 years. Well, this is what I think you touched on earlier. Where there was missed opportunity, but there's this. Is, I think this is a big opportunity for the watch industry. Right? Exactly. So just like okay, so remember when the so let's talk about the quartz crisis and the language around that. The what the watch industry still talks about the quartz crisis like it was like their own personal. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> and they and they did it to themselves. Right. But like you know, it's like, oh the quartz crisis. Ugh. You know, it's like you know, um, but uh, you know, the Apple Watch when Apple Watch came out. The whole industry was like, is this the next sports crisis? Like they yeah. all were like shaking in their boots a little bit. And no, you know what that was? And I said that I've been saying this for years. It was always an opportunity to put something on people's wrists because yes. most of the people that were early adopters of smartwatches were and people that didn't watch. wear didn't watches. Wear watch. They right. didn't wear real watches. They were using their phones or their computers to touch. like all the tech people, all my friends, like I worked in IT for 25 years. All my friends that were working in tech didn't have a su- the second that they were able to tell time on something else they stopped wearing watches mm-hmm. so as and, and especially when the smartphones happened when smart watches came out they were like oh i'm gonna put something on my wrist but they hadn't had anything on their wrist for a decade yep and then they started going 
Maybe I should get a real watch. Yeah. yeah. So this was an opportunity and it always has been an opportunity. This is this is the opportunity that the watch industry is faced with right now. Mm-hmm. How do you engage the people that are coming up, the people, the future milestone guys, yeah. the people that are coming in that wanna that wanna uh, you know get into watch collecting? It's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the 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 brands and I think what we're gonna see, as usual is independent brands and yep. smaller brands are going to be the ones that gonna do it. They're going to be the ones that do it. The Indies are going to eat 100%. off everybody forever. They're going to be the forever. next big players. Because, I can already see it. Yeah, you already you already can see it because there's people that can't, they just can't get their hands on some of the mainstream brands and they're just like, okay, cool, I'm just going to buy one of these because yeah. they're right there. Um, and and I think that that's the, the thing is the, the brands who come out strong and take advantage of the fact that they are independent and they can make those decisions and mm-hmm. they can choose to talk to the people that aren't being spoken to by the mainstream brands are going to be the ones that are going to take yeah. the market share. They are. I was going to say, sorry, Perry. No, Perry usually runs the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, 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 he leads the show, but I'm going to jump the gun. If, if please, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's the perfect segue. I think this is the perfect segue. They're turning red. <laughs> No, this is the perfect segue because um, very similar to when Perry speaks, he's able to kind of like take the air out of the room, right? And when I was listening to you, the AC is going, I can't even hear the AC. I'm just listening to you, right? <laughs> and one thing that stuck with you me. You sounded crazy saying the AC is on right now. It's like 30 degrees <laughs> outside. <laughs> but I mean, um, what stuck with me the most is like, you know, just being heard and... Um, you know, kind of champion the idea of, you know, creating your own, mm-hmm. um, which kind of leads us to, you know, your creation that's coming out very soon. That I love how you oh, there you go. In. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yo, that wow. was such a boss move. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, was, knew. No, he knew you were going to go for did, that. I was actually about to, that about was, to go right there. That was we, we see really yeah. You just took the ball right out of my <laughs> hands, but it's all good. He Play knew you were going to go for that. that, was, that was, He's that LeBron. Was, he LeBron's you. That was smooth as fuck. That was smooth. Good. <laughs> right. But to his point, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, we are launching our uh, Red Bar, is launching our latest collaboration mm-hmm. um, February 2nd uh, with Bamford. There we go. So um, this all came about. I'm going to tell you about the watch in a second, but I want to tell you about how it came about, because, again, it's uh, I mean, this in the most loving way possible. George is a little bit of a mad scientist. OK, <laughs> like I mean, this in the, in the in really positive way. Yes. So I was over. um I, I stopped in London on my way to Watches and Wonders last year. And um, part part of that was to um, to oh, just hang out in London, um, but also to meet with George because he had been one of the brands that created a piece unique for the Watch Femme for Ukraine auction that we that we created um, mm. last year to to help support World Central Kitchen. So um, which we raised a quarter of a million dollars in three weeks, which I think is not bad. And had nine piece uniques. Wow. Like, it's nuts. So I went into the workshop and they were showing me the watch as they were assembling it. It was really cool to see. Mm. Um, I had some pins made that were like, that were the logo for the auction. So I gave them to the watchmakers who were all 
impossibly young. Everybody who works for George Frankfurter <laughs> is like 20 something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, they, I was in the workshop and, and then we went down to his sort of, I guess it's a kind of showroom meeting room mm -hmm. and it's got every one of Bamford collabs that he's ever done and like oh, photographs wow. of them. It's a really cool space. And we were standing around and we we're talking about the state of the watch industry and just having a great chat. And I was like, George, why haven't we done a watch together? Mm. And he's like, yeah, we should do one. So he's like, let's, let's start talking about it right now. Okay. <laughs> so he's showing me all their current cases and their current options. And he's like, these are the, these are the case options. And I was like, carbon fiber. Where I'm no not brainer. a mom, I'm not a monster. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, no carbon fiber, obviously like, look at how I dress. Um, so, so we were like carbon fiber and he's like, okay, well we have these options and this for these kinds of movements. And I was like, well, chronograph, cause we've never done a chronograph. Um, all our previous collaborations, we did do a perpetual calendar with Frederick Constant, but we've never done a chrono. Mm. Um, so I was like, let's do that. And then I was like obsessed with mystery dials, which is also part of, I think, why you asked me to bring yeah. the mystery dial. I was like, can we do the subdials mm. as a mystery dial? Mm. And he was like, yes. And then he goes, okay, I'll figure out how to. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, um, the result, the resulting design is a monopusher, big eye chronograph, with a single register. Mm. Um, it's a 30 minute counter. That is a mystery sub dial. Mm. It is the first time anyone has ever executed a mystery sub dial. Um, as far as I know, and I asked Eric Wind, and he said he had never seen it. So I feel like oh, that's, that's pretty. I feel like that's pretty. That's the first time. Definitive. Yeah. I like showed it to him at Windup, and I was like, "This is the collab. I've never seen a mystery subdial. Have you?" And he's like, "Nope." So wow. I feel like that's definitive. Yes. Um, I didn't also ask John Reardon, but you know, like, sure. I, like you know, whatever. I didn't ask every single watch yeah. expert, but um, so it's really cool. It's um, all of the the like the the like ring around the um, the subdial is like loomed as fuck, so it's mm. great. So like it's it's really like the loom is great on it. Like everything is really cool. Um, it's you know forged carbon case. Um, it's a um, the chronograph movement is based on a it's a Salita SW five ten. So workhorse movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. Like, I could not be happier with how it turned out. I remember out. you showed it to me at watch time. I was yeah. Floored. Facts. I tried yeah. that shit on. It was Yo. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. So I had the, yeah, I had the prototype in hand because uh, George was in town, like, right before the Red Bar Global Meetup and watch time and wind up. And so I had it that whole week. Yeah. And I was able to show it to a few people. Um, I could not, I just could not be happier with how it turned out. Yeah. I love it. Um, so we launched it for, we, we sent it out to our members for pre-order. Um today <laughs> potentially sold out by the time you see this. it episode. will probably be sold out. <laughs> my assumption is it's going to be sold out by the time the episode airs probably but, tonight but um it's like everybody i showed it to was like blown away it's tight um i love it so much and i'm i couldn't be happier and the process with george and that that meeting that initial meeting was right before watches and wonders that's less than a year yeah to market which is nuts that's crazy for a watch collaboration like i've yeah. never had one come to market that fast or i've never heard of one coming to market that fast um which is also what you get you working you know like this is a the power of independent brands and people yeah. who have you can the, just press the button and go yeah and then they have the ability to make those decisions and he doesn't have to go through like seven chains of like 
corporation. Yeah. He's also you know, probably like one of the most like perfect partners to do something like this yeah. with because he's done it so many times. Yeah. He has like you just have to like plug and play Mm -hmm. and it's like wherever you want to go like i'll support you and let's just do it yeah it's pretty that's pretty much how it's been like he's just you know we we went through a couple of iterations of the design gave him some feedback um but like the yeah it just and it was just pretty quick and you know really the the only constraint we actually were he was aiming to do it uh late last year but supply chain yeah sure you know supply chain disruptions are still they're getting better but they're still a thing so um you know we would have and how many pieces 100 pieces 100 pieces pieces. um so like the last we did a couple we've done two editions that were 100 pieces each with previous uh collaborations and those ones sold out very quickly so i don't i don't have any doubt that this one yeah and it's just cool as hell so we're doing we're also doing a lot the 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 watches being announced on the 2nd of february we're doing a launch event in london to celebrate it mm-hmm. as well which is going to be really cool because it's not just about bamford it's more of a red bar meetup with like some british brands so it's like nice. there's a few other participating brands as well yeah. um it's just going to be like a red bar london party where is there yeah just fly out when did the um so the pre-order um you sent it out to red bar members yep uh, when did the watches deliver? February. Oh wow, that's they're, he's assembling them right that's now. I got incredible. He sent me pictures this morning. George sent me pictures this morning. He's like they're already being assembled. So they'll have the watch within a couple of weeks. Yeah, they'll have the watch some that's sometime insane. in February. Um, they will have they're they're gonna have like a, a few like actually you know obviously present at yep. the mm-hmm. launch event. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're you know there will be at least uh, some some of them will start being delivered pretty early. That's pretty tight. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm That's really awesome. excited about it. You also gave me inspiration for the title of this episode. Oh. Loomed as fuck. Loomed as fuck. <laughs> it's pretty <Woo>! good. <laughs> I like it. I, I mean, love that. Who doesn't, who doesn't love a little luminescence on your watch? Of you course. Know? Like, it's good. It is good. <laughs> um, this has been a, a real treat. Yeah. Thank you for, for joining us tonight. I'm really glad we can make it happen. I will, you know, I, I'm sorry it has taken us so long to figure out schedule that works but this yeah we've been talking about this for like nine months yes so i I mean the timing couldn't be any more perfect yeah with what you have going on and and, and everything that you know the the growth of red bar that we've seen and and how you've influenced many in the in the watch community and created a a safe space for people to commune and and gather and just do what they do best just enjoy each other's company and time pieces so Uh, kudos to you. Many thank thanks. you. Thank you. Um, for all of you listening and watching, you know where to find us. Uh, this wraps up this week's episode. Um, you know, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok, uh, for, the TikTok for the children and you know, maybe in the metaverse. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> he took my line. I love it. Yes. I had to take it. Uh, <laughs> see you next week, everyone. Peace. Yes. Peace.